sun's starting to peek out a little bit. Tell you what, we've dodged some bullets, though. Kansas City got like five inches of rain last night. So, yeah, a couple different times we've skirted it. So, hey, first of all, this morning, right off the bat, I just want to say thank you um, on behalf of Kristen and my family uh, for the opportunity we've had this summer to take a sabbatical, uh, to be away from you people for a while. Um, it was much needed. Well, um, we did have the opportunity to, to get to travel um, as a family and just create some great memories and just hopefully come back refreshed and energized. And um, so I just want you guys to know that we feel very cared for and loved by you. Um, and, you know, when I talk to other pastors about, you know, just how we kind of care for our staff here, um, they are jealous of that. And so for us to be able to give our uh, full-time staff sabbaticals every five years and hopefully kind of keep them energized and refreshed is, is a huge blessing, so I don't take that lightly, so thank you. Um, when Kristen and I, um, a couple weeks ago, we were uh, our, kind of our last trip uh, of the summer, we were celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary, and we went to Estes Park. Thank you, thank you. You guys just had 50, though, this summer, so you doubled up on us, so... Um, but uh, 25 years, so we were coming home last Saturday night from Estes Park, and um, I was really excited to be back here last Sunday morning, partly because my daughter Kylie was going to be sharing as a part of um, our intern Sunday uh, last week. So if you weren't there, man, it was awesome. It was, I, I just enjoyed it so much. And um, so thank you to Jack, who's, I don't think he's here, but he made the video last week, did a great job. And then Josie and Kylie... I thought both did such a, an outstanding job just communicating and articulating what being a part of our, our summer internship program had meant to them, just being a part of our church culture, how that impacted them. Um, and so it was just so affirming for me because it was the things that they were sharing and the things we were seeing was like everything that we had hoped to be when this church started the things that we wanted to be about. And so for me, that was just very encouraging. So I want to say thank you to Justin, our drummer, who leads that internship, Sam Donahue, Sam Gerdado, who were all of our kind of staff people for leading and teaching and building relationships with those guys and just doing such an excellent job um, for a long time. So, Now, that, that experience last Sunday morning kind of began kind of a week-long journey for me, and, and especially was like Sunday night. Uh, and, and then Monday, um, it was like the Holy Spirit was just like pounded me like, Bob, like take a minute and just stop and think about what's going on here. Like all the good things that are happening at Wellspring, like take notice of that, celebrate that. And if anybody knows me very well, they know that I am not a celebrator, Okay. Um, I am kind of driven and goal-oriented, and so like once something is accomplished or even kind of heading in the direction of kind of being good, like I'm ready to move on to the next project, the next idea, and I don't stop and smell the roses um, very much in life. It's one of my, my big flaws that I'm trying to get better at, but so, so this idea uh, of just, man, celebrate and notice what's going on was kind of colliding with my own devotional time and the things I was reading in Scripture Every morning, I was, I've been reading through the book of Acts and looking at Paul's ministry um, there, and 
And, you know, Paul was traveling around the, the region of the Mediterranean, establishing like brand new churches. For the first time, he was taking the message of Jesus, his death and resurrection to a people that had never heard that story before. And he was developing these, these brand new churches, training up leaders to, to lead it before he left. This is a time before the Bible had even been written down. Okay, so it was challenging time. And um, so he was going around and he was trying to also communicate to them what does it look like to have a culture uh, that, that operates on these Christ-centered values. And he's trying to develop culture as he goes from place to place. And one day last week I was reading and these verses just jumped out at me. It's from Acts 14, verses 21 and 22. And it's speaking of Paul and Barnabas, who was traveling with them. And Luke wrote this. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to these places where they'd started churches, Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples, encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. So they were strengthening and encouraging them to remain true. And it's hard for us to, to understand how important that was at that time. But when you're developing this new religion called Christianity, and during a Roman Empire that's, that's polytheistic and, and, and opposed to any other god besides Caesar, the amount of persecution and the challenges of starting these brand new churches were, were, were high. And so Paul was so good at coming alongside and just encouraging them and strengthening them and building them up. And he was kind of a master at that. And so I started thinking of all the other letters that he wrote that you find in your Bible to the churches in Philippi and Galatia and Ephesus and where he would encourage them and say, hey, guys, you're, you're doing well. You know, you're getting it. And, and that's encouraging to, to, to Paul as he's writing these things. And he's looking at these communities of young believers and he's calling out the Christ that he's seen in them and saying, well done. And you can see it in a lot of his different writings. I threw a few verses up there. In the book of Acts, it says, when the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people and finally arrived in Greece. The next verse is from 2 Corinthians. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace be with you. Also from Colossians. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. 1 Thessalonians, so we're going to look at a little bit more in a minute. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And finally, from the book of Acts. Oh, that's, that's later. We'll just we'll leave that. But Paul, you, you see kind of this fatherly spirit to his children. You know, he's, he's encouraging them, building them up when he sees them doing well. And um, I want you guys to actually go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. We're going to take a little bit of a look at one of the letters that he wrote to a young church there. It's page uh, 1079, kind of a little book there. And I love this, this chapter 
and this book really in general, the Thessalonians 1st and 2nd are, are great, great books. But he's, he's taking a look at this, at this young church and he's just praising them and admiring them for their steps of faith. And so we're going to read all of chapter 1. It's pretty short. It says, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your, for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. And so you hear Paul saying, guys, you guys are, your church is known throughout the region. And he says, not just the region, everybody knows about you, uh, about your, your, your work and your faith and, and the excellent things that you're doing. And I connected with this as I was reading this this week because, guys, I feel that about, about this church. So many of the good things that you guys are doing, and I'm overwhelmed with gratitude because of the way that I see so many of you living out your faith and pushing yourselves and digging in and becoming a model to other churches around here. Now, this summer, we've been spending some time in the book of James, Right? And, and James, like um, Paul, was also a culture creator. Okay? Paul was traveling around um, to all of the non-Jewish places in the Mediterranean, while James was kind of focusing on the areas around Jerusalem, the Jewish uh, churches that had accepted Christ and were beginning. And James, as we talked about, was, was trying to communicate to them what does it look like, not just for an individual, to take Jesus' teaching and figure out how to live it out. But how do we do that as a collection of people, okay, that maybe beforehand weren't connected, but now through Christ we are connected and we're this church. And how do we do that together? What does it look like to forgive and show grace towards and be generous towards and hospitable towards these people that maybe we wouldn't do life with otherwise? And James said things we've looked at this summer like this. One of the things he said is necessary is that he said to not merely listen to the word of God, but to do what it says. In James 2.17, he goes on and he says, Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. And then James spelled out in very clear terms what it looks like to be a church community that is focused on the things that matter to the heart of God. And so we looked at this summer these things that he, he shared like, caring for the widows and orphans in their distress and, and welcoming the stranger and being hospitable to those in need that need food and clothing. Very practical expressions of compassion, 
that point to a person whose heart's been changed. Whereas maybe before you might have looked down on those people in a kind of a judgmental way, um, now you're, you're seeing them as fellow brothers and sisters in need, that you're in need because of your own sin. <laughs> maybe you have different needs than they have, but, but that you work together and you provide for one another. And all of that to say, as I look around our church, guys, I'm encouraged. And I want you to be encouraged as well because stuff's happening here. <laughs> I don't know if you can sense it or feel it. It's hard for me, I guess, to project it on you, okay? But there are some great things going on here. And I almost hesitate to dive into this because I know I'm going to forget someone or something. So a little bit later on, you're going to have the opportunity to maybe help me out if I miss some things. But I just started making a list on Monday on my phone. Just all the things going on in our church that, that are just encouraging to me. So I'm just going to share a few of those this morning. And they are in no particular order, okay, except for the order at which money came in and, uh, you know, the highest bidder got the, no, I'm just kidding. But I, I'm, first of all, just really encouraged by our um, engagement with Young Life. And um, some of their staff people are gone today, but um, we've got an unbelievable staff and volunteer core. I mean, there's probably 30 or 40 volunteers from Wellspring that, that, that are involved in Young Life. And I just appreciate the work they do with high schoolers and middle schoolers in our town. They are going into places with kids that would probably never come to our church if those folks didn't go and find those kids where they were at their schools and and, in their sports and doing different things like that. And obviously, I used to be on Young Life staff, so my heart's tender towards that movement, right? But they just do an unbelievable job meeting kids there, taking them to camp, helping them grow and understand what it means to be a follower of Christ, bringing them here to church to experience what it means to be a part of a body of believers over the course of your life. And so I'm just grateful for them. There's, we've had several of our high school and college folks that have gone to Young Life camps this summer to serve for a month for free to volunteers so that they can keep the camp costs down. And those camps wouldn't happen without you guys. My son's one of them out at a camp right now. So I'm grateful for just the work that Young Life does in our community. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have noticed this, but our hospitality team in the last year has just been like killing it. I mean, so much has changed when you walk into this place. Allie is, was brought on staff, and with Wick and Angie Chavez, they've been kind of spearheading this. But, um, I mean, we have a community room now that has coffee in the morning. It only took us 10 years, right? And uh, we have a, a video venue in there, in there that those guys um, take care of. Um, but they have a team of people now that, you know, it used to be you just come and serve once a month. Now there's a bunch of people on their team that come every single week. And they're here at 10 to pray. And they're just here to serve and to care for people that come through the door. And it's just a culture of care. It's not like a responsibility that we just check off now. But they've done such a good job of recasting vision for that group. So great job to Allie in that for sure. Um, our children's staff, um, they're just awesome. Guys, I don't know if you know this, if you don't have little kids, but Marissa and Brittany, who just came on staff with us, I mean, we were so lucky to have them. I mean, they are teachers by, by trade, um, but they do an unbelievable job. And I didn't know this um, until we started doing the math, but we have 70 volunteers, birth to fifth grade in our church, to pull off our kids' stuff. Um, and so those two people, two part-time, well, Brittany's now full-time, but they... Marissa's part-time, and she has like 45 volunteers 
That is unbelievable to pull off. If you, if you could, just real quick, if you're a children's volunteer, could you just stand up and let us just say thank you to you or if you've ever been one? There's a lot of you. We have 70. Could we just thank them? I'm just really encouraged that you guys are there, just kind of helping to train and equip our kids up um, in their faith. Um, you guys are just doing outstanding stuff. So, um, Sam at the guest house and her volunteers and the work that we're doing in our neighborhood and with Edison, um, it just is so inspiring to me. Um, I know that there are some folks in our church that have really taken hold of that. There's a, a men's group um, that goes over, I think, every other Monday night. They've just committed to being there with the boys, and they kind of have a special guy's time that Sam can't come to, and they just hang out with them and, um, and, and teach them and show them what it looks like to be a man, a husband, a father, a man of God. Um, I know there's some people in our church, too, that have, have different skills and hobbies that they enjoy that they've gone over and taught the kids, you know, whatever it is, cooking or, um, you know, I know one guy was going over and teach them how to tie knots and build fires, which, you know, who knows if that's a good idea, but... Um, <laughs> But just that, that, that connection with caring adults, you know, that just have something to share with them and teach them um, has just been powerful. I want to say thank you to the folks that made lunches for Food for Kids every Friday this summer and met in our basement and got that ready and our interns who went over and played with those kids for hours um, on end, games and dancing and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, I, I'm continue, I continue to be inspired by our young people there's a group of kids here that now are almost high school, or some of them 14, 15, that when they were in fifth grade, fourth grade, third grade, they started a ministry called Walk for Water. And you guys have heard a lot about it for five years now. But in that five-year time, from the time that they were 9, 10, 11-year-olds, they started this ministry, and they've raised, in five years, they've raised $34,000, and they have built nine wells in seven different countries around the world. Our kids... And that was inspired by great children's ministry people, by parents who let those kids dream big, that they could do something for God, even though they were, you know, 10 years old. And so we have a, a congregation of a younger generation here eager to serve and address the critical issues in our world. And I'm just proud of that. Um, we had several people in our church on mission trips this summer. We got to hear a little bit about Haiti. Um, this summer, earlier, we heard Tammy Flowers come, and we had some folks from our congregation that went to Uganda. Um, uh, Rachel Gunderson went to, to Ecuador. We've, we've got just several different missions, uh, things going on, primarily focused on strengthening and encouraging people in those countries who are working with kids, coming alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ, as you heard this morning, that are up against some incredible odds. So thank you to those ladies who are leading those endeavors. Um, last month... Um, as you know, it was like July 15th, I think, we hosted in St. Joe the first Cost of Poverty experience through Care Portal, and it was an opportunity to come together with a lot of different churches in town. We had about, and it was like 50 to 60 people there. About half of those folks were from Wellspring. Um, and so I just want to encourage you guys as we continue that movement of Care Portal in our town that's now in about nine or ten churches in St. Joe. Um, Wellspring, you guys are leaders in that. You guys are leaders in, in that movement here. Um, when I go to Kansas City and I talk to Care Portal people or really just around the state of Missouri, everybody knows about Wellspring. And people will say, oh, you pastor Wellspring. 
man, like they, they're getting after it up there. You guys are known, and I get, you know, lots of pats on the back for that, for things you guys do. And so I'm proud to be associated with you in that. I'm proud of Sam's leadership in that, connecting all the different point people, all those emails we get from the children's division. Sam handles the communication of that. Um, I've got the opportunity now. I've been chosen to be the, the pastoral ambassador for the state of Missouri for Care Portal, and I'm going to be a part of some, some important discussions here in the next couple of months about strategically where that ministry is going. So um, that's just exciting. Um, Guys, I think the, one of the most exciting things for me, you know that we've talked about this a lot. We've put a lot of emphasis on fostering and adopting here over the years. And this past year, we've seen a huge increase in the number of families here that are getting licensed to be foster parents and adoptive parents. Um, and I know right now of two families that um, are on the adoption road. They've been assigned kids in the next two to three months are going to be going to bring those, those kids home. If y'all haven't met uh, the Ordens yet, they're all, can y'all raise your hand? You're right in that row back there, Tracy and Julie. They have five kids of their own. They're getting ready to bring home four kids from Columbia, South America, um, everywhere in age from like 12 to one. (laughs) So they have a 15-passenger van, though, so they're good, but those folks are going to need some help um, in the months and years to come. Um, Will and Rachel Palman are going to be picking up a, a baby boy here soon domestically. Um, this has been a banner two weeks for foster care in our community. Three different families in the last two weeks from Wellspring have taken in foster kids. Um, I know in, of the, about the last six months we've had six different foster kids cared for by Wellspring families. And this was an arena that we weren't in uh, before 2017, really. So... Um, that's awesome, guys. I, mean, I cannot explain to you how much that means to me. That you guys have been willing to kind of dive into an arena that's hard. And when I go to other churches and I try to talk with pastors about some of the goals that we have about wanting to step into this, and I'm, not, I'm honestly not patting ourselves on the back because we've been vacant from this conversation for 10 years, so we can't stand here and toot our horn. But there's so much fear and hesitancy for, for things that just be difficult and enter into places with, you know, kids that have challenges. And it's hard. It's a hard conversation to have with Christians who should be at the forefront of this movement. And we've been late to the game, so we've got a lot of growth to do. But I'm proud of the steps that we're taking to move forward. Um, I'm also just proud of, um, just in general, our small groups and just different communities of friends that have come around some people in our church family that have gone through some serious crises and tragedies in this past year. And I just love watching you guys um, love one another. Whew, sorry. (laughs) Um, And when I actually took the time to write all of this down, um, it was just kind of staggering and I think sometimes when, you know, pockets of things are going on all over the place and just everybody's kind of, you know, we're coming to our staff meetings every week and you kind of know there's good stuff going on. But then when you sit down and you really ponder it, you're just like, man, this, this is awesome stuff that we need to be celebrating. And um, I think some of the reason why Paul would get so excited in his writing is because he knew how much it cost to get there. You know, he started these churches and, and, and these folks... 
were taking huge risks to follow Christ. And when he could look around now at a church that he'd planted and he can look a year or two later and say, man, look at what you guys are doing. You guys have completely changed the culture and the identity of that community and you're, you're, you're putting Christ on display for your whole town and region and the world. He was just so encouraged because he knew how much it costs. <laughs> he bore the marks of what it costs at times. And, and I can't even compare starting Wellspring to what it was like for Paul, but it wasn't always easy. <laughs> there were a lot of Sundays, eight, nine, ten years ago, where we weren't sure if this thing was going to happen, and there was about a fourth of the people in the seats that there are this morning. It was challenging. And it took probably about eight years for us to get to a place where our culture was really fully starting to be embraced about the things we wanted to be about as a church and I would really say in the last year, we've really just kind of started to experience the tipping point. You know, we were pushing the, the rock up the hill for a lot of years. And now I feel like we're on, the, the ball's going on the other side and we're gaining a ton of momentum and a lot of things are happening quick. And, but that took a lot of work. Um, and like I said earlier, guys, I don't, this morning isn't about us just tooting our horn and saying, look at how amazing we are. We weren't doing a lot of this stuff for a lot of years. And so this morning for me, just kind of sharing this stuff that's encouraged my heart as your pastor is really more about saying, thank you, God. <laughs> Praise you for changing us so that we can now be doing these things that we you know, probably should have been doing the whole time. You're good. <laughs> you need to be praised and glorified for that. And so that's for me the spirit of which I want to bring these things to your attention today. Um, but I also just want to take a moment um, because it's summer and hey, you know, we can do different things. But I just want to give you guys the opportunity. If there's something in Wellspring that's been encouraging you, it could be something I've mentioned or just a different angle on it, I'd love for you to just kind of share that with us and just be able to celebrate that this morning. And um, I'm actually going to give you the mic if that's okay. You can stand up and speak loudly if you want. But I just want everybody to be able to hear it, especially folks that might be watching later online or whatever. So if you have something you'd like to share that's just been encouraging to you uh, in our church, could you please just wave a hand and I'll give the opportunity to do it. Please don't leave me hanging. Hey, look at there, our first taker. I like it. Yes, I just want to thank Allie and Sam. Boy, they have just been so great ever since we've started coming here to Wellspring. It's just amazing. And the Guys up here that does the praise and worship is just unbelievable and awesome. There's a message in every one of their songs. And it's, you know, it's just so encouraging to us. And Bob, when you talked about adoption, and I saw those pictures of those beautiful little children, you made Warren and I want to adopt, but we're past that, honey. <laughs> I'll leave it up to all these other younger kids. But we'd have been about 100 by the time they got through high school. <laughs> so thank you, everybody. This is an awesome, wonderful church, and you, Bob. Thank God you. bless you all. Thank you. Appreciate that. Anybody else? Yeah, Chris. You, can, you, can you stand up <laughs> yeah, so we can yeah, see you? That'd yeah. be great. Uh, uh, my thing is, is um, like I've worked on staff I'm not on staff, obviously, but I like a lot of churches in St. Joe. Being a guitar player, played at a dozen. 
in in my years of playing, like nineteen years, it's uh it's easy to see which ones are alive and which ones are just kind of dead and stagnant. And it's and it sucks because you don't want to see the church be that way, but it's it's inevitable. And just coming here, I remember coming here. We've been here like six years, I think, or seven. And just from the second I walked in here, I could just see, you know, it's alive. It's obvious. It's obvious to me that something something's being done right and that's why I'm here. You know, I've been at places where it's 20 people peppered in an auditorium for 500, you know, and it's and it's and it's heartbreaking. But here it's like we're in a not very good neighborhood and we're just we're just in it all the way and that's just that's my favorite thing. That's that's what's attractive to me about it is that it's it's real, it's natural. Everybody is we're just all normal people. So, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I guess I really haven't, my wife and I haven't really had a chance to uh, just thank everyone that have been supportive of us with our son. Um, Going through that whole open heart surgery stuff was really scary for us. I mean, for the longest time, it was such a far distant thing that was, oh, that's going to eventually happen. But when things started to kind of dip down, um, you guys really stepped up. Um, The amount of money that we've gotten from folks here is unreal. Um, I didn't even think that was, like, possible. Um, so it just means a lot because I've never had a church home, and this is my home. Like, <clears throat> my son is alive because of y'all. He wouldn't have made it. You know, the first surgery date we got was August 9th from the original person that wanted to do a surgery. And his doctor was like, he's not going to make it that long. But we got word that he had, that we can do a surgery super soon. But it was like, crap, we don't have the money for that. Like, how are we going to do that? And then everyone here has like really just, yes, amen, um, (laughs) has really stepped up and walked alongside us. Um, The amount of support has been unreal. Um, So thank you everyone for that um and a little side note if you've ordered a t-shirt we have them here today (laughs) take care of business as well nice thank you anybody else oh i don't do this and i'm also a crier so justin that didn't help (laughs) um having two kids in our children's ministry and helping alongside of those folks and Um, It can be tough, but I just want you guys to know if you volunteer, or even if you don't volunteer, I think a lot of it is just how much we love kids, uh, how much this church loves kids, and loving, everyone loving on everyone else's kids, sorry, (laughs) is so encouraging, and making them feel special and loved, and that they have, I mean, my daughter will sit here and go, um, oh, there's my friend, there's, I'm going to call out Griffin, there's Griffin Hine, like, that's that's her buddy, and so just... To be able to have those people loving on your kids all the time is so awesome that this is their home, too. So, thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, Allie. So, I don't really do this either, Becky. Um, I've been coming here for nine years, and um, I've known Bob since I was a freshman in high school. And he has continued um, to plant the seed in my life. 
of loving Christ and choosing his path for my life. And I just want to thank you for your leadership. Um, you have been a male figure in my life that has challenged me and has encouraged me. And um, I don't think that my life would have been the same if I wouldn't have come here nine years ago. So I just thank you for everything you've done for us. Um, and then also just the community of this church. You guys are my family. Um, I have met some of my best friends. Living at the guest house with Sam has been amazing. Um, Sam, you encourage me, <laughs> and you're on this path with me of just living out this single life of um, living our life for Christ, and I just want you to know that you inspire me so much, and I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to live with you, and um, yeah, I'm just very, very thankful. And then also, um, the DeGarmo family, you guys have been amazing, um, just with leading Young Life and um, pursuing kids and also just pursuing me at a time that was really rocky. Um, I don't know what I would do without you guys, so thank you. Thank you. Got time for a couple more, maybe? Anybody else? Yeah, Dave. Well, you guys were saying that you don't do this, but I, I actually do this. <laughs> kind of that, take the mic. What, that's what makes me so scared. Yes, I know. <laughs> I might never get the microphone. Right. <laughs> um, well, I guess I got a couple things. One is I just, the, the worship, the music is so awesome here. I'm just I'm so thankful for all the, the band people. And uh, yeah, they're just amazing. Um, and I know just because Karen's involved with the worship team, just She's just always so encouraged about the feel of the practice, and everybody just has a real loving spirit, and they come together to make great music, which isn't always easy. You know, they are, you know, volunteers, and, and the work that Dave Dudick does, and it's, it's just amazing, so I really appreciate that. And then, you know, we have something interesting at this church. We have um, young people that come, sometimes without maybe their parents, and then some people, some of the parents are here because their kids started coming here, and I just think that's really unique. And I just, it's unique from a couple ways. I just think the movement among young people here is just really encouraging. Um, and so that's, that is really awesome. But just, I guess, the humility um, for parents to follow their kids sometimes, too, um, is, I just think that's awesome. But just both sides of that, you know, the yeah. kids coming without their parents and then the parents saying, I want to see what's going on in your life, and I'll, I'll, I'll follow you for a little while. And, and they've met Jesus, or their faith has been strengthened through that. I just think that's really cool. So Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Just one second. I got you. Um, I've been coming here for a while myself also. <laughs> but I am encouraged just at some of the adults, the older people that I see that own businesses that take just their faith into their business. I mean, Brad owns uh, BeFit CrossFit, and he invests in my kids, and I see him just intentionally pour into people's lives outside the church. And, and Keith, and I've been around him at his business, just the conversations he has that are um, an outreach from here. I mean, he comes here and gets filled up and then takes that with him into his life and sees his ministry in the people that are right next to him every day. So that's encouraging me to see a church that 
looks at ministry, not just what happens on Sunday, that the ministry is when they leave here. So this is just the, you know, the build-up time. So that's really encouraging to me. Awesome. Thank you. Well, you get the first and the last word, I guess, Kirsten. Yeah. Exciting. Okay. Um, the, I might do this wrong, sorry. Leighton and Sarah, the Barnes is your family, right? So, like, we're not just a church. I'm really bold, so I never know what to say and what not to say, so I apologize. Um, hey, Todd, get your finger on the button. <laughs> just be ready, okay? But cut the, cut the mic, cut we're the not mic. a church of just white people. Like, let's just call it what it is. And just what you were talking about um, with fostering and adopting, and you could have named so many other families, but I see this far right corner every week, and I'm sure you guys too, and just what a testament to Jesus Christ um, and just how we're called to care for those um, that are different than us. Um, and so I know, I just always witness that, and I just think it's uh, there's something to be said about it. And I just want to... You know, this is a great sermon because we are to encourage each other daily. And I think, Bob, I think you probably don't get a lot of encouragement either, but um, I'm pretty critical, so sometimes I am critical about things. But, um, you know, just what you're sharing today, I think it just, as a community of Christ and just the body of Christ, which we're supposed to be, um, I think you're making us feel really encouraged today. And so I would like you to feel encouraged, but behind every great man is a better woman. So your wife is awesome, and I think everyone can <laughs> can uh, can attest to that. She is just the sweetest, kindest woman, and and just to have to do the behind the scenes stuff. So, good job. Thank you. And my my family can attest to. We have a we have a four year old, you know, that we adopted from Ethiopia. And man, I, yesterday I was like, I was in full meltdown mode. Like I was the four year old yesterday. Like that, I'd listened to Toy Story like all weekend, and we were riding in the car, and that movie was playing in my ear again, and I swear I just wanted to just break something. Like I was like so over Toy Story, and like everything that he was saying and doing was just setting me off, man. I was just like, what is wrong with me? But I was a mess. So it's ugly sometimes, right? But it's good still, but it's ugly and messy and hard um, sometimes to, to do the things that Christ calls you to do. So... Um, and I was reminded of how much I needed him um, again today. Um, but I think overall, guys, as we kind of wrap this up, is what I see is people paying attention to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in their life and then stepping out in faith and, and acting on it. And so I know that for a lot of folks, this, you know, this kind of begins as a little nudge, and, and they're, they're not shying away from that. And it might take them a while, but they're, they're coming coming on to it. And so I just want to encourage you folks that are sensing God pulling you in some direction, whether it's fostering, adopting, or it's just serving here, or, or loving your neighbor, being more hospitable, whatever it is, the arena he might be calling you to. I just want to encourage you guys that life is short. Like I wasted three or four years kind of knowing that God was telling us to adopt and just being too scared to do something about it. Now I'm old. My son's going to be 61, I'm going to be 61 when he graduates from high school, okay? So act on it. Like, burn the bridges behind you. No going back to the way that you used to be. And whether that's just you were too concerned about comfort or safety or this agenda or plan you had for retirement or whatever, none of that stuff matters, promise you. 
compared to following what God is calling you to do in your life. Tell somebody else, say, listen, God's calling me to do this. I'm going to do it. Don't let me go back to that. Keep me accountable to moving in this direction. Okay? Because God isn't looking for perfect people, right? He's just looking for a few willing and available hearts. And when he sees people that, that want to engage in the places that he's most passionate about, he cannot wait to pour out his favor and his abundance on whatever it is he's asking you to do. He's obligated to do that. He will meet you there. And, and as we come to the communion table um, today, in the spirit of kind of encouragement and gratitude, um, I just want to share a verse with you that I read just a couple days ago that literally when I was journaling, after I read this, I was, I mean, I'm, apparently I'm pretty emotional already today, but as I was writing a couple days ago, I mean, my eyes were just tearing up just thinking about the heart, of, the heart of the Father in this. So this is in Acts 17. It, it's talking about Adam in the beginning here. It says, from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he, God, determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Why he put me in St. Joe, I don't know, but we're all here for a reason, Right? And then he said, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. And man, that made me think about like, those of you that have kids know this, that have kind of grown up, you know, you love them and you care for them and you enter into their life hoping that one day when they're going through something rough, that they would reach out for you and find you and seek you when you know they need it. And I just saw God's heart being like, man, you know, every person that he creates, he's just longing for them to reach out and to seek and to find him because he's never far from them. And as we come to the bread and the wine today, guys, this is just a reminder. We should all be so thankful that our forgiveness and our grace and our eternity is not based on our performance. It's not based on whether we can keep this faithfully every day and do it all. In fact, it's a reminder that we can't and that because we couldn't, Jesus entered in on our behalf and gave his life so that we could be free of the expectations of perfection or legalism or these things we've got to do and so we could just rest in the knowledge that we don't deserve it, but it was granted to us. And so I want you guys to come to the table today in just thankfulness of who God is, how far he went to reach you, pull you out of whatever messes you might have been in, and, and rescued you. And so in a minute, our ushers are going to have a, just a time of silence for you to pray. Our ushers will dismiss you. There's bread. You can come up here, tear off a piece, dip it in the juice. We also have gluten-free crackers if you need that as well down on the far side. So would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we're just, um, we're just thankful for this opportunity today. Lord, thank you for stirring my own heart towards um, just an encouraging, encouraging posture <laughs> just to look around and to acknowledge the good things that are happening here. The people in our church family who are are stepping up and stepping in in courageous and, and bold ways and who are changing. They're being transformed to the image of Christ and that we need to celebrate that. So forgive me for not being very good at it.
But thank, thank you so much for the things we were able to hear today, and I know there's so many more stories we could tell. But help us to be people, as, as Kirsten said this morning, that we are called to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, that our hearts wouldn't grow hard. God, living this life for you sometimes is just hard and challenging, and we need one another to be inspired and to encourage and lifted up and reminded of what's true. So, Lord, as we come to your table today, I pray that we wouldn't take that lightly. I pray, God, that we would just be overwhelmed in gratitude for your willingness to break your body and pour your blood out for us.